Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. With Alex Padilla, myself, and Alex Regla on the other side. Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm, in life, I'm doing great. In life, I'm doing great. In basketball life, in Lakerland, not so good. How about you? Yeah, I could probably say likewise. And, and that's the most important thing, right? As yeah. long as we're both doing okay outside of the basketball stuff. I think we're doing okay. At the end of the day, it's just a game that we're talking about. It's just a game that we're covering. It's just a game. You know, it's not really life and death for us. Maybe it is for the 15 guys on the team. But for us as viewers, as critics, it's just a game <laughs> at the end of the day. And this is, uh, we, we've had some bad seasons in Lakerland. We've had a really, really, really fun season in 2020, despite the COVID bubble. But other than that, it's been pretty rough around here for a decade. You know, and I know that's like saying other than winning a championship, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's been pretty awful. So I think we're all kind of used to this. But for whatever reason, Alex, this one feels different. This one feels super, like more dramatic than other years past, like more of a letdown than other years. And I, I'm just assuming it's because of the expectations that we had here. Uh, but this one feels different. This one feels a little personal to the players, personal to the front office, personal to the owners. And, and it's such a weird time because now there's a TV show on HBO that's celebrating the glory years <laughs> and you, know, you got this. So it's a, uh, it's yeah, man, it's been one of the, it's been a very interesting season to, to say the very least. I, you know what it is? I, I feel like I can feel like, even if I'm watching from home, like I can feel the tension around mm-hmm. this team, right? Like I can feel between the players, between Frank Vogel, like sometimes I'm in those pregame pressers with Frank Vogel and like, when people ask him questions and stuff and uh he's usually pretty like like all smiles pretty like really friendly guy and like i as the seasons progress i've seen him like get beat down like yeah. he looks like it's a, pretty he's a dead man walking and that, that's part of the tension right like we he knows where his job status is we know where his job status is the players know and then and then everyone else involved the front office every other day there's a report coming down with some right. new disgruntlement between someone. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing of the season. So much of it is not what's going on in terms of the actual basketball, which is not good either, but it feels even more so like what's going off the court. Yeah. I mean, when you cover a team and you do a podcast about a team, this is kind of a, a dream scenario. Um, the problem is like when you're emotionally invested in it, like a lot of us on the podcast network are, it's not fun because we want to see them win. Uh, there's not a shortage of things to talk about. Obviously, when you cover the Lakers, it's dramatic all the time, even when they're winning. Um, but this season, I think the underlying, I think when the season's over, I'm going to look back and I'm just going to remember all the finger pointing that has happened, especially here. Probably since, was it since Christmas when they were saying we're going to fire Frank Vogel? Um, it's been a solid over two months now uh, with all this finger pointing to the point now. Alex, I don't know if you saw it. The Athletic wrote a piece about 
how much say does Linda Rambis have in the organization? <laughs> like that's how far down or up the totem pole we are at finger pointing for the failure of this team that now we're talking about Linda Rambis being a culprit of this team. And that should really sum up exactly where we are today on March 8th, <laughs> 2022. I feel like I've read more about Linda Rambis, Kurt Rambis, even Phil Jackson uh, lately than I have of like Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk. Like, I think that just goes to show um, where the focus is, you know, and some of that's fair, some of it's not fair. And just in terms of like, um, I guess we are part of the media in a sense, but that's how people get clicks, right? Like that's how people sell their product is to sell the drama. And I'm sure there definitely is drama. Like there 100% probably is drama, but Mm -hmm. a lot of it is exaggerated, I bet. But yeah, it it just goes to to show how where the season's gone and why we've we've gotten to where we are. I mean, to to prove your point, I do a daily radio show in Southern California, and I have I do it with two other guys, and um, we're the ESPN affiliate in San Diego. So there's no NBA team in San Diego, so we cover the Lakers. The Clippers are not so much of a draw. I think people are very interested in Kawhi Leonard, but he's not playing this year. So we don't talk Clippers. We talk Lakers. Um, To your point, when the Lakers lose, we talk about them the next day for sure. Mm -hmm. When the Lakers win, we might broach the subject. Like, oh, by the way, last night the Lakers beat the Jazz because it's not juicy. It's not – it doesn't provide you with drama. It doesn't provide you with – things to, to make it go viral. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as much as I hate it, I defend the Lakers, even though in my heart, I know that the other two guys are correct. <laughs> um, I get it. You know, like this is probably the most clicks Bill Orem's ever gone in his life, especially after LeBron James mentions you by name uh-huh. in a press yeah. conference. This is probably, it's like, it probably doesn't feel good for Bill in the moment, but for Bill going forward, that's awesome. Like LeBron is talking bad or good about you in a press conference. That's a good thing for a journalist. Uh, so it's just, yeah, you're right, man. The, the, the clicks are insane, probably for our network too, to be fair. Um, yeah. this is what sells. And unfortunately it's not winning games. I was going to say, and, and to the, everyone's point, like everyone who has capitalized on that, or it is a business, right. But like the Lakers haven't given them like an alternative thing to talk about, right. They're not winning. They're not right. playing right. well. There's obviously, um, stuff going on internally with the team from the front office down to the players. So it's not like the Lakers have made it easy to kind of spotlight something else outside of Mm -hmm. their issues. So like winning, obviously like that old adage, like winning, you know, fixes everything and they're not winning. So obviously these things are going to be the things that are spotlighted. People can't see our faces, so they can't tell, but I can tell. Like I'm the negative one. I've always been the negative one. I'm kind of natural pessimist. You are not, you're not that way but they have broken you so bad where I could see it in your face when we're talking about this, that you are down on this. Like, it's just hard to find any sort of positivity because like you said, you can't come on here and do a 45 minute podcast on the improvement and excitement of Austin Reeves right now. You can't bullshit people, right? right. Like they, they can see through that. Right. And it's just, people may not want to hear it over and over and over of the drama that's going on. But people are not are going to rather listen to this over than, hey, how about Stanley Johnson's productive 22 minutes the other day? Because you can't sell, like, you just can't sell a pile of shit to this right now. Like, that's what you're doing. And I'm not calling Stanley Johnson a pile of shit. What I'm saying is, like, 
trying to spin that and sell that right now is just not the right thing to do. This is this is what's in front of us. It's there's a giant spotlight on this team, whether people and players like it or not. And it's just the reality of this team. And that kind of leads us to what the main topic is right now. And if you've been following Twitter the last 24 hours after the post, after the game against the Spurs where the Lakers lost without LeBron James, Russell Westbrook is, when is he not in the news? Right. And unfortunately for him, I'll say it like this. Doing what he does on the wizards will never get you the spotlight of what he's, he's basically the same player. He's always been, uh, he's averaging about four less points than eight that normally does. But this is kind of what isn't, have you read anything that's like Russ has def- drastically declined as a player this year? I mean, there, the numbers have like in specific areas have gone down. I, I think the biggest thing is just because his usage is so down that obviously is going to make a player look like they're not doing as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, um, it's just so hard to say. My point being is that he's in the Los Angeles spotlight now. Yeah. That's my point. It's like, you can kind of get away with a lot of the stuff that he says in post-game press conferences when you're wearing a Houston rocket Jersey, it's really difficult to say the things he says in LA and make and have it not go national. It's just the it's just the way of the land. And I think Russell Westbrook for for probably as much as long as he's wanted to play in Los Angeles professionally, I think he's realizing that when it goes bad, it goes bad. It goes really bad. And I agree with him yesterday. And obviously, if you listen to this podcast network, it's all been broken down about what he said and, and everything. And I agree with him when it comes to the stuff about threatening his kids or his wife and you know all that stuff. But to, for him to say, like, every time I hear Westbrook, I'm going to address it. It was like, well, are you going to stop the game every 20 seconds? I mean, you just, you, him, he himself just put a spotlight on what he doesn't want a spotlight on. And I, from here on out, Alex, I think it's going to get worse for uh, him. Yeah, I definitely, I, I hope not, at least in terms of, in, for him at least. And it, like you said, like, I, I think there is like a threshold that, comes with athletes in general, like you're going to receive criticism. You're going to fans are going to boo you. Fans are going to say some really mean stuff to you. Obviously you can't cross that line of threatening that person's family. And I, his wife was tweeting a lot um, yesterday too. And then it, it was hard to read some of her tweets. Cause like you can tell she was really impacted by what was going on. And yeah. um, obviously like that has to stop. And I, I don't blame him at all for being upset about that type of stuff. Uh, in terms of the criticism of his his play on the court, in terms of like what he hears, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I do hope that him speaking out does limit some of that. I do worry, like you said, it could just put a bigger target on his back when it comes to these types of things. And um, yeah, it's just I I feel bummed about the whole season and for him, like obviously. Um, he hasn't played to the level a lot of us thought he would. Yeah. Uh, the team hasn't played to the level as a lot of us thought they would. And, and Westbrook is a scapegoat for that, right or wrong. Like he's going to mm-hmm. get, regardless of what goes right or what goes wrong, they're going to blame it on Westbrook. So, yeah, you could see it's also kind of one guy. of those. It's also, it's also like LeBron is putting up, you know, all time numbers. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like even if you don't want to point, 
a finger directly at at Russ. It's kind of hard not to when Ru- when LeBron's putting up those numbers, even though they might be like empty sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really elevating the team most of the time. I mean, that's kind of it's an easy way out to just be like look at the effort that Russ is putting on the defensive end or lack thereof. It's really easy to just be like, look at this guy. He's making $45 million. Like, what is it? What are we paying $45 million for? So what do you think? Like, I'm, I'm sure we're going to transition to it anyway, but so what do you think the Lakers do? What do you think is the best foot forward for both Westbrook and the Lakers after, after that press conference, mm-hmm. I would have hoped like the Lakers or the front office or Vogel or someone like checked in on Westbrook, right? Yeah. You definitely have to check in on him with after that and kind of be open about where what's best for you what's best for us and where do you think where that that goes i think there's um it's a fine line sometimes between players personal life and professional life and russell westbrook is teetering on both sides almost every game mm-hmm. and i think that's a it's obviously not a good thing. You know, when you're, when you can't concentrate fully on what's happening on the court, when you're listening to things that are happening behind you in the stands and you're addressing them every single game. Now, I don't know how, uh, obviously we, we we don't have mic'd up players, so we can't see how often they actually do interact with fans, but it seems to be like an excessive amount for the Lakers this year, specifically Russ. And after his comments, you imagine that every time the Lakers hit the road, it's going to be, a large, a larger audience with a louder voice yelling things at him. Um, I look at it this way to answer your question. What should they do? Honestly, honestly, honestly. And I know it's not going to happen. If I were Rob Polinka, if I were Frank Vogel, I would seriously approach Russell Westbrook about shutting it down for the season. I genuinely would because it's not working on the court. First and foremost, it's not. If you remove Russell Westbrook from this team, are they significantly better or worse than what they are now? I don't think so. I think they're kind of on the path. And if you remove him from the equation, you can give guys like THT much more minutes to see what they can do on an, in an expanded role. You can give the other guy, the other younger guys, an ex- like, like I think you can try different things that could help you moving forward. Because I think we both agree. Russell Westbrook is not part of the plans going forward. No. So I don't think Russ would ever do it like voluntarily. I genuinely think for his benefit, for his family's benefit, if we're going to cross that line, the smart and logical thing to do is to shut him down because I'm not expecting Lakers. I'm almost approaching the fact. I don't think the Lakers are going to make the playing tournament. I'm almost there. I really am almost there. I'm not there yet, but I don't see them getting past the play in tournament. I don't. And I don't think having Russ there or not is going to change that. That's why I first and foremost on the court, I don't think it's that big of a difference. And I could be wrong on there. And people could be t- listening to this and call me an idiot. Secondly, for his personal benefit, it looks as he's like a worn down beaten man that just needs a break. I think if it were to happen, that's definitely something that has to be, um, that's a conversation for both parties, right? Like you said, it, not 
that's not something the Lakers are just going to do without Westbrook's um, without communicating that with Westbrook and him kind of expressing, you know what, for my best interest and my family's best interest and my future best interest in terms of like my career going forward, it might be the best route. Like that's something those two have to talk about. I don't see it happening. Like Vogel already kind of came out or there's the report that the Lakers were considering maybe benching Westbrook and bringing him off the bench. And it sounded like the coaching staff wasn't really ready to cross that line. So if they're not willing to do that, um, like sitting him all together seems like a pretty drastic move with not that many games left. But again, if that's something Westbrook himself and his family feel is the best, like next step, and then I think the Lakers would be willing to explore that. And I don't think they would fight him on that. Like we know that the coaching staff in Westbrook have butted heads for most of the year, right? Like that's not a secret. So I don't think Vogel is going to be too shaken up about not playing him if he doesn't have to, but yeah, like in terms of like what the Lakers would get with him on or off the floor, this, this Westbrook, like this demeanor, this, you can see it like yesterday, he looks pretty, pretty impacted about what's going off the court. That's not going to lead to a lot of production, at least positive production. It's personal to him. He's got, this is an emotionally invested thing happening in his personal life. This isn't, a player struggling specifically on the court. This seems like a player struggling at home with what's happening. And I don't don't mean like his relationship. I mean, like he's bringing that energy to his house and it's affecting his wife. There was, I I, I think it was uh, his wife that mentioned, uh, yeah, his kids, like Westbrook doesn't even want to bring his kids to the game anymore because they don't want uh, Westbrook doesn't want them to be exposed to that or, I don't want to hear his dad being called names. I think. Yeah. And then in school, like the kids, like getting picked on for their last name, like that's, that's, that's crossing a line. Like obviously. Mm -hmm. So again, I wouldn't like blame Westbrook if that's the route he wants to take. I just, it just sucks that we're at this point. Like there's bad seasons. Yeah. There's bad seasons and you don't make the playoffs. You don't win the title that happens. But like for a player for this, not to work against a player also dealing with like off the court stuff, that's just not fun. Yeah, we've seen play. We've seen healthy players shut down before. It's not a novel concept that. Sure. Yeah. Like, that it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think Russell Westbrook is that type of guy to throw in the towel. Um, I also do know that Russell Westbrook has faced a lot of criticism in his entire career. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's surprising to me is that this isn't like a t- second-year, third-year player that it just got shot into the limelight, like a la Jeremy Lin, you know, like this is a guy that has experienced incredible amount of criticism of like his entire career. People have been trying to diminish his triple doubles. People have been talking about, is he worthy of the MVP? Like, you know, it is a constant thing that he's as a player has had to deal with. And I think that's kind of why in his press conferences, he's come off as a bit cocky and a bit non-caring is because that's just the way he's handled it his entire career. And now to yesterday, I was like, wow, the dude is almost, I'm not gonna say broken, but he's reached a point where I don't know how it gets better in LA. Like, I just don't see how it gets better in LA. I wonder how much LA has to do with that. I wonder how much, like you said, this, Westbrook throughout his career, you're right. He's been criticized a lot in the media, like even Oklahoma city, like he had, uh, like he would have public arguments with like journalists in the locker room. I remember mm-hmm. this and I'm reading a book by uh, Sam Anderson right now. 
uh, called Boomtown, and that kind of chronicles some of the stuff that Westbrook and Durant and that early season Thunder team kind of just what shaped them. And, and there's a lot of stuff on Westbrook there. Um, but yeah, how much of like him being criticized from his own home fans of his home, like he's from LA and then he has to hear it from like a guy like magic Johnson on national TV yeah. as well. Like it's not just a random thunder fan who I'm sure he has a big connection to those fans, obviously from playing there, but from hearing it from like your hometown crowd, like booing you, like telling you not to shoot. Like that's a different level of criticism that I think he's faced before. Yeah. Yeah. And just want to make it clear. Like, I'm not trying to diminish how Russ feels. I just like, he feels how he feels. If he feels that way, then he feels that way. If he's going to fight back against everybody that says West brick, then, you know, be my guest, you know, however, however you want to approach the rest of the season, that's up to Russ. I'm just talking about from a Lakers perspective, as a fan perspective, it's like, what is the benefit of having someone like that on the team playing? Like, is it almost a detriment? He's fighting with the coaching staff. He doesn't agree with the front office. He might be benched. Imagine if he gets benched on top of this. And he no. comes, like, it just, I don't see. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to convince you. I don't know if what I'm saying, like, is blasphemous to most people listening to this right now. But for me, when I saw that last night, I was like, they got to shut this dude down, at least for a while. Like, at least for a few weeks, just let him clear his head. Let him get away from the court. And I know a lot of guys like to fight through it and just like, I'm just going to play better. I'm just going to play better. I'm going to play better. I just think it's beneficial to just give Russ a break, whether it be for the season, whether it be for a few weeks. I mean, the Lakers are going to be in this, in this area of 11, 10, nine seed for a while. So you got 16 games remaining. I just think he needs a break. And I think the Lakers could, I honestly think the Lakers could use a break from Russ. And I I don't mean like the player. I mean, everything that comes with him right now. It just sucks because like he it's, it's obvious that he's struggled this year. But like how much of that is magnified because of all the injuries around him as well. Like I'm not saying like this the the season would have gone totally different or Westbrook the way he's played would be viewed differently or less criticized. But like without Anthony Davis there, without LeBron there, just like and Westbrook has played almost every game this year. Yeah. Like he, no, yeah. Of all the guys who has a who haven't been injured, like Westbrook's I mean the rare guy. That's kind of what's disappointing about this whole thing is I said it when they got him. I was like, that's why they brought him. Cause you can't trust AD to stay healthy. You can't, you gotta have to give LeBron breaks here and there. Cause he's 37 years old. I, this is why I thought they were bringing him for, for these moments where they're both out or one of them's mm-hmm. out and for him to step up. And it just hasn't worked out. And every there's so much, like I said, we started the show by talking about all the finger pointing. It's not just Russ's fault. I'm not talking about whose fault this is for the season. I'm talking about right here, right now it is in the best interest for the Lakers to give him a break or shut him down for the season. Like that's They're, the only thing I'm talking about. Like we all, you can blame whoever you want to blame. And I, I don't mean you, I mean like people listening yeah. can blame whoever they want to blame for the season, whether it be only Russ, whether you want to bring out the blame pie again and be like a little bit of here, a little bit of here. There's plenty like, yeah. Trevor Ariza is not getting any of the blame. Cause we weren't really, it's not, <laughs> he's not on the level of Russ. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Wayne Ellington playing zero minutes is not, he's not getting any blame. Um, which is probably unfair. Like these guys were expected to come in and make be significant contributors. And they got outplayed by an undrafted rookie and a guy off 10 day contracts. So yeah, I mean, it's not just Russ, but right now it is Russ. And 
I mean, fair or not, it is Russ right now. Like that's where the spotlight's at. Yeah. And the Lakers are at a point or honestly probably past the point where they have to figure out, like they're done experimenting. They're done. Like trying to figure things out. They have to go. They don't have that many games left. You have to kind of decide is Westbrook with us or are we trying to go on without him at this point? I, I I don't think they can just kind of like wait to see how things like tied over. Like you have to kind of make a decision next game like very soon i mean they play tomorrow against the rockets uh yeah so you gotta either decide like there's no benching him 10 games from now and that's not gonna work mm-hmm. like you have I mean, to figure things teams, out yeah so two teams playing worse than the lakers right now and that's the warriors and the rockets the warriors they just beat and the rockets they play tomorrow like that's that's really it i mean literally those are actually the warriors kind of stepped it up nope they're two and eight Lakers are two and eight last 10 Rockets are one and nine. The three worst teams in basketball right now. Like if the Lakers lose tomorrow night, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if LeBron's playing, by the way, I guess we could talk about that. Uh, LeBron was out and they're hopeful quote that LeBron James's knee soreness isn't as severe as last time. I don't remember how many games he missed last time with the knee injury. Um, But Vogel said, quote, after the Brooklyn game going into Philly, we don't think it's that. We're hopeful that another day or two will get him back for the Houston game. He is listed as questionable. And I can check for updates, but I don't think there is one right now. Uh, I mean, if he doesn't play, they definitely can lose. I don't think that's like a super, uh, would be a super surprising outcome if they lose to the Rockets if LeBron doesn't play. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, we'll see. I Yeah, I don't I'm so over this season. <laughs> See, and I wonder, like, I, you know, I really wish we could, like, I think Anthony did a spaces today, and I, I got to go back and listen to it because I really do want to get like a feel of how Laker fans are, or some Laker fans are, are feel right now. Like, mm-hmm. is there legit? Is there actual hope for this team to do something? Like, is there actual people out there? And I don't mean like one or two. I mean, is there a large amount of people out there that think if we get in a playing game? And LeBron is healthy and Russ is healthy and AD is healthy. Like if, 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 like, is there a, a Laker population out there that think that this team could do something? There has to be. I'm sure every, I'm sure there's um, a segment of Timberwolves fans that, that think that they can make a big run. Obviously I, I there's, I, again, it, if you have a healthy LeBron healthy, that's, that's again, if, if right. Yeah. Who knows if we're going to have a healthy AD when he he's back or when he's not back or if LeBron's going to be, does he healthy. get reevaluated next week? Is that what I you said? Yeah. So yeah. it all depends on that. And obviously if you have those guys and you can make a run, like you can get into the playoffs. I, I don't think that's a big, like would be a big shock. It's just how far they can go. And I, I, I think if you're expecting them to win the championship still, I think that's a little unrealistic. Yeah. I think so too. That's yeah, man. Um, uh... <laughs> we're trying to be a little bit like up in, and not trying to depress everybody too much, but I just, it is what it is. This is, this is what, this is where the Lakers stand right now. And, and there's no sugarcoating it. I think that's really what we're emphasizing. There's no sugarcoating what's going on. And you know what, honestly, if, if this is just what the season's going to be and they say they miss the playoffs, at least there's not that many games left. <laughs> like at least <laughs> yeah. we're not like 60 games left or whatever. Like we can expect a pretty drastic, 
off-season makeover. The good news, everybody. The season will be over in a month. So if they suck next year, at least I'll look different. Like, <laughs> uh, Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh. Yeah, the Lakers. Oh, man. And one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the Lakers' last eight games are national tele- nationally televised. Oh, God. And you know that that last one against Denver on Sunday probably will be, too. Um, oh, by the way, isn't their schedule like the second hardest or first hardest the, remaining? It's the, it like the hardest, I like think. The hardest. Okay, so they got – I don't even know who's good in the NBA right now, but they got Phoenix. <laughs> they got Phoenix three times. They got the Wizards twice. They got New Orleans a bunch, which is going to be probably big going down the stretch. The Warriors, the Sixers, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> anyways they got houston tomorrow night five o'clock not a nationally televised game so that's good and then on friday they take on the wizards at 7 30 the return of kyle kuzma to la everyone's waiting for it right that's two young teams in houston and washington that um those those have uh hurt the lakers this year those young legs if i told you kyle kuzma was washington's leading scorer would you believe me yeah yeah me too he's good on bad teams he proved that. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick he's to Kyle putting Kuzma. up numbers for sure. Yeah. Like if, if you let Kyle Kuzma shoot the ball 20 plus times, he's going to score. Honestly, I'm sure he's really happy over there and good for him. Like he, he was a guy, he was kind of not as, not as severe as Westbrook, but he was a scapegoat for a bit over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Um, do we even want to do the prediction? <laughs> how, many games, how many games until we talk again? Uh, all right. Until we talk again would be four games four games okay okay here's the schedule at houston let's do it let's just keep the big yeah let's go at houston versus washington at phoenix versus toronto and we are podcasting on a non-game day again next tuesday there is not another tuesday game oh yeah there's two more um so yeah there you go houston washington phoenix toronto what do you think what do you think you go first well, they better beat Houston tomorrow. If they don't beat Houston tomorrow, dude, I, they might fire Vogel, honestly. Honestly, just to do something. They might, like, nothing would surprise It's me. too late. But nothing would surprise Like, yeah, but you see it sometimes in baseball or football. They'll just fire a guy with, like, two or three games remaining in football. In baseball, they'll fire a guy in, like, September. Like, I guess if you want to evaluate. Yeah, you want the, to start co- looking okay. forward. Um, if you lose to Houston, with or without LeBron, you might get fired. I mean, <laughs> I mean, why, why wait till the summer? Let's just start going and get a head coach. Um, so I'll say they win that one. It'll be a close one against Washington. I could see one and three or two and two. I think two and two. I, I think they win the ones they're supposed to, and they lose the ones there. They're not supposed to. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> they ain't going to be 500 is better than, the way they're playing right now. So yeah, if they, they can play 500, that's good. They haven't had a win streak. And what I mean by win streak is two or more since January Whoa. 7th. <laughs> yep. January 7th. Uh, the Lakers. That February could be one of the worst months of all time in Laker history. They won you four know games. They won four games in February. I'm looking like just a little further ahead of the schedule. They play the Pelicans two more times. That yeah. Those games are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. They're done with Portland. Um, 
are they done with the Clippers too? I think they're done with the Clippers too. Yes. So those Pelican games are like the big ones. And Very big games. Yes. The, wow. The Timberwolves are pretty good, huh? <laughs> Surprising. Yeah. You haven't looked they at the, the standings in a while. I don't go that, that high. <laughs> I just go down, dude. <laughs> we're yeah. We're playing only uh, area of the standings right now. Oh, 100%. So, all right, Alex, uh, at Alex M regla on Twitter is where you can follow him. Silverscreenroll.com. You could read all of his content there. Have you written anything recently? I think last um, Saturday I wrote about their transition defense and, and why it's kind of struggled this year. What has been behind the Lakers' porous transition defense? You could read that on silverscreenroll.com or follow him at Alex M. Regla. I'm at Alexpedia86, and you're listening to Taco Tuesday, which you can subscribe to this podcast network on Spotify, Apple, literally anywhere that there is. We fixed the Apple feed, yeah? Because that was broken for a while. I think so. Cool. So yeah, Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere you want. Alex, we're done. We made it. We did it. We did it. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you all next week.